Well, today we are doing Step Into the Yes, Part 2. And for those of you that are wondering, that is our theme for the year. And I wanted to do a four-part sermon series. And uh, some of our staff said, hey, what if you broke up the four-part sermon series, instead of starting the year with four Step Into the Yeses, what if you did one per quarter and did it that way? So uh, heeding their advice and thinking that was a great idea, I'm going to do a quarterly Step Into the Yes, and it's going to focus onto a different part of Stepping Into the Yes. And for those of you that are unfamiliar or are watching again online from another church, I'll explain to you our theme for this year is step into the yes. And I've asked people to follow the example of great people in the Bible and to step into the yes. God calls people to stop what they're doing and to step into something else, which is a better thing for them to do. And I was saying, as our church, we could step into the yes. There's so many different things that we could step into. And um, we talked about, we handed out these cards to everyone in the church. And we said, hey, there's an opportunity for you to step into the yes. If you didn't get one of these, you should go ahead and get one from your campus uh, next week and be able to do this. Or just pay attention here. There's so many things that you can step into. And I talked about creating a wave of obedience to step in the yes. And for some of you, your yes, as you wrote it down here, you said, hey, this is my year to go on a global team. This is my yes that God has spoken to me is to join a life group or to lead a life group, to be on a life team and to serve. Uh, my yes is to go to the Holy Spirit retreat and pursue being baptized in the Holy Spirit and having the gifts of the Spirit in operation in my life. Or uh, my yes this year is to tithe or become a kingdom builders or increase my kingdom builders. We talked about maybe it's going to the next class. You know, you're going to get on the journey, go to next or go to alpha. We talked about um, water baptism that you need to step into that and follow God. So we're saying step into the yes. Whatever it is that's for you, step into the yes. And I'm praying that you'll do that. Now, as you look through the list of things that were in the book, or as you know about all the things that are possibilities, there's probably one thing that is the key thing you need to do. As I've looked at the word of God, I've just noticed that there are people, they get to a spot and then there's one thing they need to do that breaks it open to step into the next level. And I'm just praying that you'll be obedient to the one thing, and I want to talk about that, the one thing you lack. The one thing you lack. Now, that comes from a story in the Bible in Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to read that for you. It's where Jesus is talking to a man known as the rich young ruler, and Jesus says that phrase, one thing you lack, because this guy needed to do one thing to step into his yes. So read with me if you have your Bibles, Mark 10. Um, again, I'm just thinking about online. People are like, I got my iPad. Do I stay with the sermon? Do I pull up my Bible? I don't know. If get a paper Bible. Do whatever you have to do. But Mark 10, it'll be on the screen, I believe. The rich, the, okay, it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack. There it is. One thing you lack. He said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this this man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. 
disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Now, a couple things I noticed about this guy. First of all, I've read this story dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of times. And this is the first time I've ever noticed that this guy came running up to Jesus. First time I ever noticed that. He came running up to Jesus. So, you know, in my active imagination now, I see this guy as kind of hyper because anybody that would run after Jesus must be a little hyper. I mean, I have this picture of him like running up to Jesus, like, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I, w- I want to follow you. That's the picture I have, okay? And just follow with me. Um, my brother, Rick, um, he had one of his hunting dogs. He's a, it seems like he always has a hunting dog, black lab, chocolate lab, something like that. And he had it staying at our house for a while. The dog's name was Max. And he said, you got Max, you got a ton of energy. You got to, you know, run Max. You got to throw, you know, the bumpers for Max. And, you know, and he gets an up, up. And I didn't know all this stuff. And, and, and my kids are watching that. And Max is jumping. And so then the kids are like, we want to do it, you know. And so I'd have Connor sit in the backyard and Logan sit in the backyard. And then I'd go, Cutter. And then he'd run when I said his name. And then they'd do up, up. And then they called social services on us. It was hard. No, no, they didn't. They didn't. But it was like, they just saw how much fun Max was having, like, that they wanted to be it. So that's this rich young ruler. How many have a new picture of the rich rich young ruler? All right. So he's like, hey, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Uh, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. What what do I need to do to have eternal life? Like, what do I need to do? What do you do? I'm in. And, And the Bible says Jesus looks at him and loves him. And he loves him. And, and I just had this thought, like, you know, Jesus is not trying to trip this guy up. Jesus is trying to set this guy free. He's not trying to like, oh, you think you want to follow me? Watch this. I'll put something in front of you you can't do. That is not the way Jesus does it. Jesus is like, are you ready? There's one thing you lack. Like, you're so close. If you could just get past this one thing, you're it. It's, it's going to be amazing for you. And so this guy has a desire to do good. He's ready to do this. And he's like, I, I want to do this. And he's like, Jesus is like, well, you know the commands and all this? He's like, yeah, I do those. I do, I do that. I've been doing them since I was a kid. And it's, it's interesting. Jesus says there's one thing you lack. How many would he say we lack? This guy was good. I want you to understand. This guy's good. He's like one thing. He didn't say like, well, there's 27 things you got in order. Let's start with the worst one. Okay. He says one thing. So this guy's good. He, he's like, I, I got, you got one thing that you lack. Now, I want to put some context on this. This guy was rich, and he's going up to follow Jesus. He calls him good teacher, rabbi. I'm guessing, based on their culture, he thought Jesus was going to ask him to be his big donor. I'm just guessing. Because the rabbis of the day would say, as long as you gave a lot of money, you were good. As long as you took care of the problems around the synagogue, as long as you gave a lot, man, you were good. And they saw money as the answer to everything. And they became like power brokers, if you will. So when this guy comes running up to Jesus, he knows he's rich. He knows he's young. He's, he's respected. And Jesus is like, one thing you lack. And I'm guessing, based on the culture, he's thinking, Jesus wants me to be his big donor. Yes. Big donor, rich, young guy. That's me. I'm going to do it. And then Jesus just blows him away and says, I want you to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. How many know, like, when you read that, that hits all of us, but it hits us all differently based on where we are. 
Okay, broad brush, broad brush. But if you're living in your parents' basement with $50,000 of, of college debt and $84 in your pocket, Jesus says, give all you have to the poor and follow me. You're like, in, <laughs> totally. Can you pay my debt too? <laughs> I owe the U, 50K, you know, I'm in. You know, yay, I'm moving out of mom's basement. All right, you know what I'm saying? Different perspective. You're middle class. I mean, the minivan tranny's acting up. You know, you got a little emergency fund saved. You're thinking about buying a cabin. Jesus says this, gives you a little pause. You're like, hmm, okay, all right. If you're upper 1% and you're thinking about going to your second home to escape the snow day in Minnesota, you know what I'm saying? If you're thinking, if you're at that level and you're watching the stock market to see if Russian collusion is affecting your investment and you are deciding whether or not to sell your company and get your big payday and Jesus, how many know there's different perspectives to this story? You're like, oh, okay. Well, he was there and then some. He was there in then and then some. And it's a different thing. I want you to be clear. Jesus is not against rich people. But he's against people that let something stand in their way of full obedience. He's, he's wanting full. Remember, this guy's good. This is the only one thing until he gets his breakthrough. And so Jesus is against this guy being blocked by his bank account. He's like, I'm, you're being blocked by your bank account. And everything that God has for you is on the other side of your bank account. And so if we can get rid of that, because the bank account is actually blocking the blessings of God on your life. If we can get rid of that, you can move into a whole new level of blessing and, and obedience. And that's what it's there for you. And I, again, perspective here. If you don't have a big bank account right now today and you're listening to this, that doesn't mean anything to you. You're like, gladly, I will do it. But what if you've amassed 200,000 followers on social media and Jesus says, one thing you lack, I want you to delete your account. And you're all of a sudden under 30 and you've got followers on Instagram, social media and, face, and Facebook and Twitter and you're making a side income on this thing. And Jesus says, one thing you lack, delete all those and follow me. You're like, oh no, not that. See, there's one thing that we lack, whether it's, and it stands in our way, whether it's hobbies or platforms or popularity or even for some FOMO. If you don't know what FOMO is, it's not your problem, all right? But FOMO, I mean, you're like, ah, ah. Okay, let's go back to my broad brush people. You're in the basement and the one thing you lack, you're living there, you got your college degree, but you're, you're trying to figure out where your next position is. You got $84 in your pocket. And Jesus says, one thing you lack, you got to sign up and be faithful week in, week out to a life group. You're like, ah, what if something else comes up? Jesus says, one thing you lack, you need to be counted on and you need to be faithful in the church. I need you there every week working with kids. No, I gladly give my $84. You mean I got to put it in my calendar every week and I've got to do it faithfully? Yes, one thing you lack. Middle class, you know, the person with the minivan tranny acting up and Jesus says, hey, you're not saving for Disney. No, you're not saving for Disney. You're going on a global team. It's not Disney. You're going on a global team. And you're like, what? What? Yeah, the one thing you lack, you need to go on this. Or, or you know, some of you are like, stop ripping on Disney. Okay, I won't rip on Disney. All right. Jesus says, one thing you lack. Stop chasing recreational sports and volunteer on, at church on Wednesday night. Stop chasing that. You know, I was realizing this even this. River Valley Snow Day, you know, 
sports, they're like, do we have to cancel? Get your kid here. Your third grader needs to be at lacrosse practice. You know, you know, one thing you lack is that standing in your way. Is that thing standing in your way of getting your breakthrough in your family, your rich family one percenter? God's saying, one thing you lack, don't just give a token amount. This year, I want you to give something that you're going to miss. And you're like, no, no, I would have volunteered on Wednesday. See, it's different. One thing you lack. What is it? What is it? It's different for each of us. And God still does that today, though. He doesn't, he doesn't say everybody sell it all and go, but he does still say that. And I thank God for people in our church that answer that call. Paul and Sidney McCabe, you may not realize this, but they said yes. They were like in that spot where Jesus was like, one thing you lack, I need you to say no to this and move for me to the mission field. You don't understand, Paul worked for 20 plus years in the FBI. He got to the peak of his career. He got hired by Target to be head of their security. He was at Target corporate. He went on a global team and God says, this is what I want you to do for the rest of your life. I want you to sell everything, pack it up and, and follow me to Africa. And Paul's like, okay, when the kids graduate from school, he and Cindy were like, when they graduate, and then the kids came and said, let's do it now. If this is the one thing we're supposed to do, if this is the one thing you know you're supposed to do right now, let's do it now. So he goes into his boss and he says, hey, I'm stepping away. I'm following the call of God. I'm stepping down to be the head of security. And the, the, the boss at Target was like, you don't understand. You are saying no to these opportunities and to these financial blessings that will be coming your way. You're stepping down. He's like, I've got to do it. It's the one thing. It's right there. It's right now. It's my next step with God. And the boss was like, nobody does this. Nobody does this. And then that step of obedience uh, opened up an opportunity for the boss to even invest in their trip, saying, all right, if, you're, if, that's, if that's that important to you, I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to do that. See, don't get blocked by your opportunities to do less than God's best for your life. I mean, do the one thing. Don't let these opportunities block you from the thing that God wants you to do. See, because the rich young ruler was good, and God wants us to be good, but he wants us to be better than good. He wants us to be obedient. Okay? See, the rich young ruler, he's like, he was focused on the I don't do list. Jesus is like, you know the commandments, don't commit adultery. You haven't done that one. You know, I don't do that. Don't steal. Don't steal. Yeah, I don't steal. Don't lie. I don't lie. Don't covet. I don't covet. I don't murder. Don't murder. I haven't murdered. I, and he's saying, I, I, I'm not, I've not done any of those things. And Jesus is just saying, you know, I don't want your whole life to be just the things you don't do. Your life needs to be about the things you are going to do that I want you to be obedient in. And if I could say this, I, uh, Jesus is saying, it's not just staying out of the doo-doo, it's what you do, okay? <laughs> All right? That's the doo-doo list, and this is what you need to do list. And Jesus is like, isn't it amazing? Like, we are so focused on the doo-doo list, like, I don't do that, don't do that. And Jesus is like, get focused on the do list. This is what I have for you. There's a next step. And I, I just, I feel it. I feel it. I know that wherever you're watching this right now, there's a, a you're like, this is what I know I need to do. Are you going to do it or not? Are you going to be obedient? Are you going to step into the do and say, I'm going to go and do this. See, good citizens don't steal. 
Good citizens are faithful to their spouse. Good citizens pay their bills. They show up on time. They go on vacation. They coach sports. And again, nothing wrong with these things. But Christians that are stepping into the yes, they do more than that. They give to the poor. They mentor marriages. They advance God's kingdom. They get there early to lead and set up and take care of needs. They go on global teams. They visit the sick, the hurting, and the left out. They don't live a life of just avoiding the do-do list, they get on the list and say, I'm going to do these things and I'm not just going to be a good citizen because see, good citizens aren't just going to change the world. Obedient Christians stepping into the yes, that's what's going to change the world. That's what we've got to do. And so God's like, I get it. Stay away from the do-do. Now get to work on the do list. Go do that and do that. I I don't think I've ever said do-do so many times. All right. (laughs) Now, just to be clear, we're not saved by the things we do. But once we're saved, Jesus is like, following me is just not a list of avoiding things. Like, watch out. Don't step in it. Don't do those bad. He's like, that's part of it. That's really easy stuff. Now start looking at the things you're supposed to do. What's the yes you need to step into? I've created you for good works. I saved you by grace. You did not work your way in. But now that you're in, I've created you for good works. And I want you to step into the yes. Let me address again, people watching online, if you're watching from another church, say, okay, there's a great message, step into the yes, that's not our theme. It is your theme. For your church, your pastor would be delighted if you stepped into the yes. Your leaders would be delighted if you stepped into the left. Yes, this is a message for the body of Christ. We all should step into the yes that we have for us. Because see, what's happening is when we don't step into the yes, we, we become a hoarder, okay, and, and follow this rich young ruler, he was holding on to so many blessings, so many blessings that were there. And Jesus is like, I want you to release them. I want you to release them. I want you to step into your yes and release those blessings onto people. Think of all the good that could be done. And she's like, step into the yes and release this. Go for it. And so when we step into our yes, there's just this obedience that happens and this wave that starts. And all of a sudden, instead of being a resource hoarder, we become a blessing to other people. So... As Christ followers, here's what we're supposed to do. This is going to shock you. As Christ followers, here's our job. Follow Christ. Pretty easy, huh? Follow Christ. You're a Christ follower. You are going to follow Christ and you're going to live in obedience, not just avoidance. And we're going to say, God, I will part with the things I need to part with. I will grab hold of the things I need to grab hold of. And I am stepping into my yes. Now you say, I don't know what my yes is. I don't All right. Pray, pray. I believe this. God will show you what your yes is that you're supposed to step into. You say, I need a little help. I think it might be this. I think it might be that. Okay, talk to your connections pastor. If your campus has a connections pastor, talk, if they don't, talk to your campus pastor. Talk to someone and say, hey, how do I step into my yes? I want to step into my next step. How do I do this? If you know what your next step is to do, can I just say this? I believe this. This message is your pastoral snooze button. I just had this thought, a bunch of people watching this sermon in bed with iPads. How appropriate. All right. This is the pastoral snooze button right now coming at you. This is, we're four months into the year and it's time for you to stop hitting snooze. Be obedient. Step into your yes. You're hoarding the blessings and you're keeping them from flowing and you need to step into your yes and say, God, I will take the next step. And don't worry about what everybody else's step is. Well, what's your step? Don't worry about that. Everybody's step is different. 
Step into your yes, because there's probably one thing that once you do it, boom, everything's going to open up. It just, it opens up in the next. And as you step into the next, and as you start doing the things that God has called you to do, the world will pay attention. The world pays attention more to what we're doing than what we're not doing. Okay, so they watch what we're doing as we're stepping in. You're going on a global team? You're actually using vacation for that? I had somebody tell me that he was working at a, a major company and told his team, like, I'll be gone for 10 days. He said, where are you going? I'm going to Vietnam. Why are you going there? Well, we're going on a global team. We're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to work with orphans. We're going to go, I'll actually go to Thailand and work along the border with Myanmar and, and take food to refugees. And they're like, are you kidding me? Why would you do that? Well, you asked. Jesus Christ saved my life and changed my life. He said, he said he had an opportunity at a major company to share. And then all these people were coming through the company and saying, hey, I'm a Christian too. I'm a Christian too. And, they, and it was all because he stepped into his yes. So I believe that God is, the people, is, are, the people are watching what we're doing rather than what we're avoiding. And God will start to use your yes and there'll be a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden these yeses will build up and there'll be a wave of obedience. Yes, 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 yes. And there'll be a wave of obedience flowing uh, in the church. And all of a sudden things will happen. Blessings are being released and the yes flows. So please, if you, if you felt at the beginning of the year, yeah, yeah, great. I don't know how long it takes people to, to not do a resolution. Or it's like three days, eight days, 10 days. And we can't have that. Jesus doesn't, this is not a, a, a resolution. This is a life of obedience. This is bought with a price. You are not your own. This is, I step into the yes for your glory and for your honor. It's for your glory and for your honor. So I'm praying that the one thing we lack, we'd follow God and get that obedience and say yes to it and step into our yes. So God, I just pray right now that you'd help us to do that. Use our yes in more ways than we could ever imagine. Each yes is different. Each yes is so different. But God, we desire to use our yes for your glory and your honor. I pray for you again a wave of yeses to take place, a wave of yeses that the world would notice. Yes, we'll send them on that global team for kingdom builders. Yes, we'll be obedient in that life group. Yes, we'll be obedient in that area of forgiveness. Yes, we'll be obedient in tithing, kingdom builders. Yes, we will be obedient. What is the one thing that stands in our way, God? I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'd reveal it to us. And then once it's revealed to us, we'd see it. It's not an obstacle, it's an opportunity. And it's an opportunity to have our breakthrough, God. So help us to step into our yes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.